<laughs> so I'm just looking straight ahead, and you're just like, <laughs> I was literally sitting here for like a good two minutes, like going, are you playing? I was asking you, are you playing a joke on me? Is this, are you trying to be funny? Like, I'm like, no, you're not, are you? You're being fucking dead serious. And I'm like, is he watching something else? Can he not even see me? And I'm like, doing all this crazy shit, trying to get your attention. Nothing. I, and like my phone's on vibrate. So like, I don't know how I saw your text message. <laughs> like we could have been here for a while. <laughs> oh. oh fuck. That was hilarious. Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch rom-coms, and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens of tens of listeners' listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing today? I'm good. Um, I hurt. I played softball yesterday, and I hurt. Oh. from that but the, <laughs> that i'm good <laughs> like did my you... body hurts <laughs> your body weary uh, <laughs> like did you hurt yourself like like did you hurt like your knee or anything or is it just like sore no 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 it's just it's just straight up soreness it's my okay. body and my body is like dude you remember when we were young and you could do this <laughs> yeah that's not now you know what i feel like that about as well going to vegas going to and, fucking vegas and you know what in this in, we just watched what happens in vegas where <laughs> the four main characters go to vegas and tie one on that i think i could have done maybe five to seven years ago but now it sounds completely out of the question it sounds exhausting yeah <laughs> a million percent uh but this is uh the newest movie of our shit list month uh and shit list yeah i don't know what that was <laughs> this is a movie that you chose and i think both of us have seen once Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do you remember your first your first experience with this movie? Well, my all? first experience was is obvious if it's on the shit list. <laughs> I yeah, I, I remember I remember nothing about this movie except for the scene where he pees in the sink and how much I hated the two main leads. Like <laughs> I that's it. That's all I remembered. And I was like, yeah, I remember this being a terrible movie, so that's it. Yeah, I couldn't even um, really remember why, but I just remembered it being terrible. Like I said, uh, with my mom, I saw this. Like we randomly went and saw because there was nothing else to do and nothing else out really. And I, I remember, I think both of us coming out of there. And as I mentioned, you saw this in theaters. Yeah. Oh God, you paid full price for this shit. Uh, matinee prices because we always oh good oh good 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 we good. always did matinee we never went at night uh, always matinee my mom always. and I always did that too she's like well we yeah, can't no, go on this day because no, there's no. no matinee I'm not watching a movie at seven <laughs> and paying nine fifty I'm going Matt. at one fifteen and paying five fifty all right yeah fuck matinee that. prices fuck all day every that. day did twice on a Saturday um, but uh, <laughs> no but I'm like as I mentioned we went out of there thinking uh, didn't expect much from it didn't get much from it but we really liked rob cordry and lake bell and we knew that well and, i'm glad you remembered that aspect because i didn't yeah and so that's why i look back on this movie like semi-fondly because i just remember how much i liked rob cordry and lake bell and then as we watch this film we'll see if those feelings maintain um We'll, we'll discuss it. We shall. Know. We shall that's discuss. A, that's what we do. That's what but, we do. Hey, that's what we do. Let's go into the statistics. Or actually, we do a different during shitless month. 
we do the Rotten Tomatoes first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we go into the stats of the movie. Oh, I, I should have. Actually, I should have looked at that. Yeah. Because Rotten Tomatoes is is important. And it's important to know. And then looking at the stats, you almost like, it's almost like, an, an you know, investigating a murder scene. He's <laughs> just like, what happened here? Who hurt, who hurt you, Lytle? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? <laughs> That's such a uh, good family guy. <laughs> it's a family guy. If you know, you know. It's very esoteric, guys. All right. So 133 critic reviews for what happens in Vegas. What is the Rotten Tomato score? Um... Fifteen percent. You are too low. It is twenty-six percent. Oh, get the fuck out of here! See, this is why. This is why we can't rely on Rotten Tomatoes. Dog, it's still twenty. Like we're still talking twenty-six percent. What was the like, wedding date? What was the wedding date? <laughs> it was eleven. It I was eleven percent. I have some interesting information to share with you about the wedding date. Ooh, Just, ooh, okay, okay. Anyway, uh, the critics' consensus for this film: <laughs> What happens in Vegas has a few laughs, but mostly settles for derivative romantic comedy conventions, and receives little help from a pair of unlikable leads. Yes, that's it. Perfectly sums it up. Yeah. Uh, one thing I said about this film as we were watching it was that uh, Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz had as much charisma and chemistry as the mannequins that they were created from. <laughs> I love that fucking analogy. <laughs> it's such a visual analogy. <laughs> When you say a performance is wooden, you are bringing up Cameron Diaz and Asha Kutcher and what happens in Vegas. Oh my God, the lack of chemistry is is palpable. It's more palpable than any chemistry they would actually have, yes. Their dramatic scenes are a great California redwood in the redwoods forest of of California. (laughs) where are you going with that didn't have anywhere to go oh, okay i uh, just wondered we're, we're meandering i was, I meandering. was in the forest i yeah. was so far in the forest i couldn't see the wooden trees that their performance was made out of you are that redwood <laughs> you are in the forest uh what's also funny is that uh, one of the you might also like movies for this film is Did you hear about the Morgans? Huh, that movie sounds familiar. Have we heard about the Morgans? It is on our shit list, that is for sure. Because I seem to recall them going by a different name. So, do we know about the Morgans? Remember. It was yeah. It's not worth remembering, but they what was their last name. Their name? last name was something else, like Fosters or something. It was oh Fosters, yeah. Was it Fosters? I don't know. It was something uh, like that. It sound, that sounds good though. But that's uh, what they went with the whole time. Anyway, yeah. not about that. also. You might also like Couples Retreat. Um. Yeah, I know what I'm choosing the next time. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. Uh, and you might also like All About Steve. <laughs> I fucking forgot about that movie. I forgot about that too. We still oh haven't chosen it. Oh uh, my god! All about Steve. Holy shit! Uh, uh, I don't know. I, don't know. Uh, uh, I think I might call an audible. I was gonna choose that other Freddie Prince movie, but that other Freddie Prince movie is gonna. I think it's gonna be less enjoyable, more annoying than watching All About Steve. <laughs> we'll call it. We'll, we'll, I will. We'll, yeah, I might we'll, flip a coin. I might flip a coin, but we'll anyway. see where we're at at the end of this. Episode. Where we're at. Let's get into more critics' reviews for what happens in <laughs> Vegas. Um, let's see. Um, trying to find a top critics' review. Okay. 
None, of them, none of them felt it was worthwhile to review. Uh, Jim Shembury of The Age in Australia gave it a positive review, three out of five. Wow. And the fresh rating is the combined verve Diaz and coach bring to the table saves a routine time killer from being entirely forgettable. But this person is in Australia and they are not known for their movie taste. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Pete Vonderhaar of Film Threat gave this movie a 1 out of 5 and wrote, During the screening, I tried to come up with as many synonyms for the word excruciating as I could. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Phil Villarreal of the Arizona Daily Star also gave it a negative review. uh, A 2.5 out of 4. But his review uh both kutcher and diaz are in full-on desperation mode straining in each seed to prove they could still be relevant showing flashes of the charm that made them famous in the first place yeah yeah and then this last one is from kyle smith of kylesmithonline.com man where do they get these critics wow Wow. How did they ever find them? 0.5 out of 4 for this one. Okay. <laughs> and Kyle wrote, should have stayed, not in Vegas, but elsewhere in the state of Nevada. How about those mountains where they're supposed to store the radioactive waste? Clever, Kyle. Clever. This is why you only write for Kyle Smith online. Only Kyle Smith and Kyle. Kyle. Or higher, Kyle. I said higher. Kyle. Oh, fucking! This is what Sundays have turned into, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the Ron Tomatoes. Let's talk about the stats here. So, oh what happened in Vegas is a 2008 American romantic comedy film. Directed by Tom Vaughn and written by Dana Fox. Remember that name. Dana Fox. Uh, It stars Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher as a couple who get married and win a casino jackpot prize during a drunken night in Las Vegas. But their simple plan to get a quick divorce and divide the money is complicated by the divorce court judge's ruling. The title is based on the Las Vegas marketing catchphrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um. yeah, I, I think we got that. I, I don't yeah. think it needs explanation, but thank you. <laughs> this film also has Rob Corddry, Blake Bell, Treat Williams, and Dennis Miller. Ugh. Um, <laughs> what, Dennis Miller? Yeah. Who was that? He was the judge. He was the one who oh, fuck that talked dude. about gay marriage isn't what's killing marriage. It's you people. Millennials. He was like, he was yeah. that word away from saying. Yeah. He was saying it without saying it. Yeah. In, in his mind, he was thinking, you Brooklyn living millennial fucks. Yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, he wasn't was wrong, though. Uh, yeah. yeah. Film came out uh, May 9th of 2008 in the United States. Uh, it is 101 minutes long. Well, that's the extended version. It is 99 minutes. Oh, excuse, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, we, we, the... we did not watch the extended version. We do not get paid enough to do that. Nah. Uh, Does it matter if it's only two extra minutes? It's the fucking principle. We don't do that shit. I mean, the only way we'd watch it if it was guaranteed to be two extra minutes of Rob Corddry and Lake Bell coming up with jokes. Because <laughs> that was the best part of this film. It really fucking was. Uh, the budget uh, of the film. Can you guess how much they spent... To make oh, this film. Jesus. And remember, uh, they film it's Vegas and New York. Oh fuck, good point. Um mm, forty million. Close. Thirty five million dollars. That's to make this that's film. so much. 
That's so much. Thirty-five that was million. The late two thousands, man. There is still money to be made or spent. And uh, how much did it make in the box office? Forty million. No, no, no. It probably made a lot more. It probably made like eighty million. Did I do it again? Did I like over guess? $219.3 million. I hate this world. <laughs> I, That's what I was I laughing just, at. That's what I was laughing at. Like this, It makes no sense. Like, this world makes no sense. What the fuck? Fucking wow. Two, what was it? 200... $219.3 million. 219. <laughs> it literally made For what? six times its budget. This is one of our most successful movies. Yeah. I... Is this just because it's Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz? Well, because when you leave it, when you leave the movie... And it's got Vegas in the title? When you leave the movie, you're like, oh man, I laughed a bunch because of Rob Corddry and Lake Bell. (laughs) Oh, you kind of... So you forget about the lead's performances because it is forgettable. Oh my god. But then... When you come back to it and you watch it again for a podcast, it really comes through how bad they are in this fucking film. It's just, it's, it's not even bad. It's, it's uncomfortable. Bad. Yeah. It's just like, none of their scenes were comfortable. Anyway, we'll get into that, but Jesus. 219 million. That blows my goddamn mind. Yeah. Now, I noticed that there was one writer for this film. Usually with films this bad, there's multiple writers because there are multiple rewrites and so on and so forth. But I saw the writer's name. I'm always intrigued to see female writers for bad rom-coms. Yeah, because usually it's the the male writers that fuck up all the female parts. And and that's why it's bad. Because there's just a lack of reality and like... And some like chauvinistic and you know shitty things to say, right. which this film had. This film had because, a lot of. I mean, because it's two thousand eight, but also because the writer's bad. But we, there's something interesting about Dana Fox. Uh, she is uh, an American screenwriter, best known as the writer of What Happens in Vegas. Uh, a television comedy series that came out later in 2012 called Ben and Kate, which I watched a little bit of is okay. Sounds familiar. Uh, and she also is best known as the writer of a 2005 romantic comedy film called The Wedding Date. You've got to be kidding me. This same writer wrote The Wedding Date. This world makes no goddamn sense. Uh, Dana Fox graduated from Stanford in 98 with a degree in English and art history and then went to USC and went to the uh, cinematic art school and graduated from there. Um, she had intended to become a film producer, um, but when she was assigned a task to write a screenplay, she found that more enjoyable, so she decided to become a screenwriter instead. And then um, while being represented, an established screenwriter, Jessica Bedinger, sought after an unpublished writer who would work inexpensively on a screenplay. So a lot of writers will find other writers who haven't broken out yet. Right. And have them do the writing and then, you know, basically take credit for it. Right. But then pay them a little bit. Um, yeah, you get to work under my name yeah. as a reward. You get to put it on your resume and... Yeah, which put it in your portfolio uh, and say, "Hey, I worked on this project." Yeah, I just got is, done doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
one of the more famous uh, examples of that that we've done on the podcast is Romancing the Stone, which was written by yeah uh, this like woman, and then Michael Douglas like gave her a gift of a Porsche as like a thank you for writing it, and then the, as they were making the second one, she like it disagreed with like compensation and everything else like that, so she didn't end up writing it, and then unfortunately passed away in a car crash in that Porsche. I don't remember that being from Michael Douglas. Holy shit. Yeah, supposedly. That, I, it was at su- least from what I read on Wikipedia, what I remember I read on Wikipedia over a year ago. Holy so shit. That's, everyone if- take that with <laughs> a lot of salt. Anyway. But, um, but anyway, this was fucking, this was the so, same writer as Wedding Date? Yeah. Uh, uh. Like, this established screenwriter sought after an unpublished writer to work in explicitly on a screenplay. Um, Dana Fox had not written a, a sample screenplay, but Bendiger was so impressed with her ideas for a story that Fox was hired to write the script. That Dana Fox was hired to write the script. And then the produced film was The Wedding Date, which ultimately was panned by critics, but a financial success. Interesting. At least it was a financial success. Yeah, I mean, because we, we talked about it. They, it came out right around the Super Bowl, the wedding date. Right. And it was made for real cheap, and it made about four times its budget because it was made so cheaply. Um, right. So, and, and it came out in, like, around the Super Bowl. So, it was just like, yeah, it, it kind of overperformed, but... It was given a very low bar to jump over. So even even that movie, she seems to write these weird, unorthodox meat cutes. Yeah, like oh hey, hired an escort. Yeah, so, where they're basically yeah, forging a relationship from where there shouldn't be one. Yeah. Uh, so, um, she. Basically was attached to three separate writing projects after the wedding date. Uh, and her next produced screenplay was What Happens in Vegas. And then uh. um, after this movie, she performed rewrites on 27 Dresses and Night and Day, which was another Cameron Diaz movie with Tom Cruise. Um, but she was, in a, she was in a Tom Cruise movie? No, she wrote. Uh, wait, are you talking about Cameron Diaz? Yeah. Yeah, she and Kim, or Tom Cruise co-starred in an action film called Night and Day. Huh. Uh, no, uh, it's funny what you said about these financial successes, but these films that are have weird conceits. Uh, another film that Dana Fox is credited as a writer on is Couples Retreat. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, um, I think we all know what needs to happen. I mean, you're choosing that. It's, I know. I know. Uh, we, the, there you go, everyone. Um, he's, in two weeks, we'll be watching Couples Retreat. Put that on your calendars. Um, she was a producer on Hot Pursuit, um, which was the, I believe that's Sofia Vergara. Yeah, Sofia Vergara. And oh, yeah. <laughs> another Oscar nominee yeah um, then there's the movie How to Be Single which stars Dakota Johnson Rebel Wilson and Allison Brie and Leslie Mann what the f- is that recent? that came out in 2016 also wow. Damon, Damon Wayne Jr. is in it and Anders Holm and Jason Manzoukas it it is a who's who. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But this is back when they were trying to make Rebel Wilson a thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever happened with her? Well, she starred in the 2019 Dana Fox film, uh, Isn't It Romantic? Okay. Uh, D- really? God. But the thing is, all these films, I'm looking at the budget to the... Um, to the profit and they're all profit like it's all profit the last so dana fox is just laughing her way to the fucking bank yeah isn't it romantic 
was the last one that I mentioned. Like she, it was made for thirty one million. It it made close to fifty million. Um, well, if that's how you measure success, then so be it. But um, well, these movies then, are not successful in my book. <laughs> and then the last one, she was a writer on uh, Cruella. Oh fuck! I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, that's the you're talking about the recent one, right? With um, yeah, what's the her one name? With the, uh, uh, Emma, Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah. yeah. Uh, which has made two hundred twenty six point one million dollars. Holy shit! Really? Uh, of course, the budget is, says is a hundred to two hundred million. So, oh yeah. my god! Once again, Disney has all the fucking money. So. Oh my god! I mean, I know it's a different league of movie from what we're doing and what we're used to budgeting for, but like, oh my god, hundred to two hundred million just as your budget? Uh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit! I wonder if that's how much CGI costs nowadays. I, you know, like, okay, here, just just for shits and giggles, Avengers Endgame. Budget. Three hundred and fifty-six million. Fuck. Oh That's my so much. God. My God. Three hundred and fifty-six million. I wonder if the CGI. I wouldn't be surprised if all the CGI does make movies more expensive. I mean, it's essentially like. The modern day laborers that would build like sets, you know, elaborate sets for movies and shit. So, mm-hmm. makes sense. But of course, Avengers Endgame also made two point seven nine billion in the box that's, office. That's so wild, my lord. Yes. So, like, <laughs> we're dealing with different leagues of movies here, but Jesus, Jesus. Anyway. So that's all I had to say about this film. What's your verdict? (laughs) 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 Now, I just thought it was interesting looking into Dana Fox. Like I, the first like 10 minutes of the film, I was on my phone looking at that, like her biography, her filmography. I'm just like, holy shit. This is like, this is an interesting backstory. I want to explore it. So. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. That was actually, God, fucking web of lies. Like, all the connectivity of that shit. She's, she's been a part of like 10 films, and the combined Rotten Tomato score is maybe 100%. <laughs> she maybe gets one fresh tomato of the 10 combined movies. Uh, but man, they were all box office hits. Yeah, man. So, laugh all the way to the bank. Ha 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 ha. Um, um so, I think we already kind of hinted at at what this movie is about. Like, this movie is not about the leads because the leads yeah. are uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, let's start with the leads though, because they get most of the screen time. Uh, how much? screen time was too much screen time for you all of it like, all of it how, <laughs> how long was this movie uh it was uh, an hour and 40 minutes basically it, it was it, okay because it felt like a fucking hour and 40 minutes it felt like two hours they could have shaved off like a half hour it felt shitty whenever rob cordier like bell were not on my screen yes or zach galifianakis yeah, he was he was the right amount of Zach Galifianakis. If I'd had yeah, any more of him, Zach Galifianakis became famous. Exactly. If I had had any more screen time of him, I don't think it would have been as funny. He was like right there at the right moments, and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, he only had one joke to play, but he played <laughs> that joke well. Exactly. Whereas Rob Corddry and Lake Bell were hilarious, and we could have seen more of them. All of the scenes with the two leads. And I like Ashton Kutcher. I grew up loving his fucking movies. I don't know why, but I did. And it's there. Let's move on. 
But yeah, this is like your fifth Asher Kutcher movie that you've chosen for this podcast. Yeah, and this one I, I I can't I can't like him. I can't. I want to. He's I mean, he's still Ashton Kutcher. He's still like a likable dude. It like it's it was just... still quote unquote earlier in his acting career. I feel like he got a little better by the time they made No Strings Attached. Yeah, um, that's true. But I like because that came out three years later. Um, by the way, uh, in Dana Fox's Wikipedia, she is known to be friends with other prominent female screenwriters, such as Liz Merriweather. Um, so, wait, 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 wait. Who did? Who? Who? What did she do again? Liz Merriweather wrote "No Strings Attached." That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And she also had a prospective uh, script that she wanted to initially turn into a movie, but. Ended up being turned into a TV series. Uh, the TV series was initially called Chick Chicks and Dicks. Oh yeah! But it was changed to New, New Girl. Girl. And so to complete this whole cycle, Asha Kutcher and Lake Bell they go from What Happens in Vegas to That's No Strings right. Attached because Liz Merriweather is friends with Dana Fox, and then within that movie. Nick Miller, a.k.a. Jake Johnson, no strings attached, into New Girl. God, it's, it's so fucking cool to see the timeline of this shit. Yeah. Like, I, I wish, I, this is where I wish the podcast could host some sort of visual aid. For, yeah. <laughs> <we> could, <laughs> Just make a, a big old spider chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, a, like a family tree of, like, connectivity. It'd be like the It's Always Sunny meme with Charlie, like... The, yeah, yeah the he's, like, he's like... a singer hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. The David Lynch Jr. was in How to Be Single, written by Dana Fox in 2016. Don't you see uh, how it all connects? Yeah. So that's why I'm saying in 2023, the star of the film has to be this person from this <laughs> project by that person. Oh, God. Yeah, there could totally be some algorithm that extrapolates <laughs> forward. Like, <laughs> It reminds me of one of the stupidest but, like, best jokes from the, the early of early cheers. Like, yeah. One of, one of Cliff Clavin's first, like, jokes. He talks about how if you look up all the presidents and you look up their names like in the diction or if you look up the letters of the certain like letter in their names and you go by the numeric value that of it so like such and such is seven such and such is ten right like this letter is seven yeah then you can actually guess what the name of the next president's going to be Oh, because Jesus. it all adds up. He's like, so that's why our next president is going to be named Yelnik Igwawa. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> and, and it's just, one of the dumbest fucking jokes. And it's just like, God damn it, cheers. That's why you were one of the greats right there. <laughs> it's a if you let it rattle around in your brain for a few seconds, your brain tries to like make sense of how it's spelled, and it's funny. Like, yeah, it's something about it is funny. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I just because like you, like I think of like the I G U A W A like part. Wow. Just like, like the, just like having a U and a, a W and an A like together. Like if you're looking it up. And your cliff, you had to like a part, like a tiny part of him had to be thinking, this may not be correct. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you come up with a U and A and W and an A combined, you're just like, uh oh, this theory might not be correct. <laughs> <laughs> but then three beers later, fuck yeah, I'm gonna tell Everybody knows your name, guys. Oh I mean, my god! And this like, is and this is why this is this is why this is our verdict on the movie because. Well, hey, it, it you're also sitting here talking about cheers. This is this is the kind of shit you do when you're drunk. You 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 do stupid shit, which the leads get married. Right. You know. The leads um, get and married also, and then have to suffer the consequences of being yeah. actually married for six months, where it's like, okay, it's not. 
That could be worse. You guys could just not be dicks to each other and like realize that it's a fucking financial transaction. Yeah. End of movie. I. Yeah. It's six fucking months. Yeah, it sucks. Get the fuck over it. Like his dad fucking tells him. Jesus Christ. The the other part that stinks on this film is just he like the romance of the film. They just kind of like, oh yeah, they're supposed to fall in love at some point. <laughs> like it felt like that's yeah. how it was kind of written. Where was, was the motivation? Like, Where were we told to like cheer for these guys? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? When when he brings out his niece, which by the way, oh, get the fuck out of here you, with that too. Yeah. By the way, where was the sibling? Very good point. Yeah. I, I never met the brother or sister or whomever. We meet the parents multiple times, but we never meet yeah. a sibling that is supposedly the parent of this niece. Yeah. Who he goes and magically coaches a softball team for. Yeah. And after tells every, like and tells her everything, even though she's in literally one scene in the film. You would think that if he, this is supposedly some a, a, a being in his life that means a lot, that they would be in more than one scene in the fucking film. Yeah. But no, we've got we've we've got to set up the sink pissing scene, so we got to cut <laughs> out that the part where he tell where he talks to the niece about how he's scared about life. <laughs> God. God. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like you want to, you want to do a, you want to write a real rom com, then you have this cute little niece be like his guiding light in how to be a fucking man and fix himself, mm-hmm. and not fix himself and not be a man. Not none of the derogatory things that come with those, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, just she should have been like the little guiding force that like coaxes him to be like. Listen to your heart. You know what you really like. That kind of shit. That's rom-com shit. Yeah. Like fucking uh, 500 Days of Summer, how the younger sister kind of had to keep coaching Jessica Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Or definitely maybe where the daughter yeah. is coaching Ryan Reynolds the whole time. Yeah. In a, in a way slash yeah. out her mom is. Exactly. Yeah. But inevitably helps kind of like help him realize what he wants. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah, he, he could have he totally wants, played that angle. He wants the girl who he smoked cigarettes with, and who had and was looking for the book with the caption inscription. Yeah, that movie was so overwritten. But there's still yes, some good parts yes, of it. that was that we've was very. We've, we've talked, talked, about, talked about, about that. If you, if you listen to the podcast, you know. If you haven't listened, that's a good episode. You should listen to that. <laughs> listen to all of our episodes yeah, again. Yeah, They're pretty yeah. fucking great. We probably need to listen to them again, actually. Yeah, you know, when we've had to go back. <laughs> we, we talked about doing some sort of ranking at some point in the future. We should still Episode do that. 100, we're going to do some sort of award show slash. I, I, I'll come up with an idea, but we're going to do something for episode 100. Wait, Just what episode? Up. What episode are we on? 85. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, God damn. I thought we were still in the 70s. Nah, man. Fuck. Well, I mean, we're still you're still talking four months. Is it? Yeah. Fifteen. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So four a month. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's true. Okay. (laughs) We got time. We got time. Yeah. Oh, that'll be that'll be a good winter activity. We're fucking pent up in here with nothing else to do. Because of COVID. God damn it. Because <laughs> we'll be on variant number three. <laughs> the Sigma Phi Omega. It'll be the sorority <laughs> strain. It'll be, it'll be the notorious Sigma Alpha Epsilon. <laughs> Our SAE. The one where there's where the University of Oklahoma chapter ended up getting disbanded because they had a chance. I think it was Oklahoma. might have been Ole Miss. Either one started with an O and was down in the South. Um, But they had a chant where they would say, 
there will never be an N-word in SAE, clap, clap. There'll be never, there'll never be an N-word in SAE, clap, clap. Uh, and we're caught on video and that, that was put on social media. And surprisingly, that chapter lost their charter. Um, also, the joke around the University of Oregon chapter uh, from girls was that SAE stood for sexual assault. They expected. Um, that's why their <laughs> Like you're usually warned to, about. I forgot about that. Yes. So that is the variant of COVID that's coming for everyone. So be prepared. <laughs> that's the. That is the, the anatomy of the joke that I just made. Jeez. Um, God damn. You know who didn't have to explain their jokes? Rob Corddry at Lake Bell. Their jokes were pretty obvious and pretty Dude, fantastic throughout the film. They were fantastic. They know how to deliver a goddamn joke. They're, like, Lake Bell's just, like, delivery in this film. Like, the way she's just so mean. So but, like, fucking mean. But at the same time, it's hilarious. Um, how just, she keeps a straight face the whole time is is pretty fucking impressive. Exactly. Because Rob Corddry, yeah, Rob Corddry cracks some really fucking good lines off. And <laughs> except for the one time she does it. Yep. Uh, when they the like when they're getting the quote unquote one drink, um, after or when they get in the lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Then, and he's trying to hit on those two girls. <laughs> He's all like, I saved a baby today, but I mean, I'm not a hero. <laughs> and, he's things, and then she's just like, he's married. And he's like, this is, this is my lesbian sister. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he just tell him about, tell him about your softball game. Tell him about your lesbian softball team. <laughs> like, and then she smiles and walks away. And it's just like, obviously that line was like completely random and caught her off guard and it was like oh 2008 because like that is slightly you know it's not as bad as other gay jokes that were made shortly after in fact in the film yeah but at the same time it is still kind of a gay joke and it's just like eh. but but on the yeah, other there end, were a lot of gay jokes throughout this movie yeah but on the other end if you were like trying to introduce like if you're trying to get back and like we're trying to find something to get back with her on and saying something she isn't and not married because then that would ruin her chance with the girls i mean that's gonna be the first thing that's totally about. yeah that's totally that was a well-placed use of that joke because but I, I mean i can't speak from a girl's point of view but i would say that that was that was the one gay joke in there that was like yeah i didn't i didn't consciously notice it as like huh another fucking gay joke yeah but but then like there's the part where the guys come in and the girls are fighting him and then oh no they're gay because he's wearing a pink bow and it's like Ugh. oh that's, yeah that um... that's that's bad and then there's the the other lesbian joke about you know eating out or like how Chong eats girls like her and then oh yeah girls and yeah uh. Yeah, there were multiple. There were there were a lot. I I seem to recall one with Rob Corddry, like he was the victim of the joke, or the butt of the joke. But I can't remember it specifically. Yeah. Either way, there were a bunch. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> there's also just that <laughs> the court scene toward the end when I mean. I thought that the line was funnier than it actually was, but it was still a funny it's line. It's still funny, yeah. When he wins the court case, he's like, I just won my first case. And then, and then just like, and he holds up little fingers to everyone like, I'm the law, bitches. <laughs> Which is still a hilarious line. But that's not even the funniest part of that court scene. It's when he holds up the lifelike drawing of a middle finger. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That right there. Like, the figure is so well drawn. <laughs> and it takes up the whole page. Like, you, it's a notebook, so your brain is trained to look at it and go, oh, I'm going to need to read this. And so you start yeah. focusing in on it. And yeah. then all of a sudden, it's this giant drawing of a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just... 
are all of his interactions with Lake Bell too, because not a, there's the one where like they're moving Cameron uh, uh, Diaz into the apartment and he throws that thing down the stairs <laughs> and then he tries to kiss her and she legit punches him in the face. It was like a little. Uh, it was like a backhand. It was, it was yeah. It was just like an open-handed like punch. Just like, <laughs> Oh my god! They see they had they had better chemistry throughout the whole fucking movie than Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz. And like, and then of course there's the you know the very end, the joke that was set up at the very beginning of the movie that they paid off at the very end after the credits, which is, you know, what you should do is you should every week have someone go over to his place and just junk punch him. And then, oh, yeah. goes, why? You yeah. say, you know why. <laughs> they, had, the they had the perfect camera angle for Lake Bell when she said that. Where yeah. he's, you're, you're down at his point of view, where he's yeah. crouched on the floor. And he's, yeah. she's just coming at you going, you know yeah. why. <laughs> and then Rob Cordry just, of course, Rob Cordry's like there now. I'm like, impressed <laughs> there. Just like, you know why. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Yeah, see I'm that and that's how it ended. That was the ending note. I'm so yeah. glad it ended on that note. And that's that's pretty much the end of the film or all that we need to talk about regarding the film. Well, um, I was gonna say one last thing that I did I did another mark against it, ironically, but kind of a good thing at first that I noticed was Every time we learned a little bit about Ashton Kutcher's character, regardless of how fucking surface level and immature it was, whenever he opened up a little bit, there were a couple things he did say that I liked, and then were inevitably ruined by like in the like in the in the climax. Yeah, where she just like it, we're hovering. There's a nice little moment, and she says. Uh, now I'm totally blanking on what she says, but she totally kills the vibe. And it's like that kind of writing throughout the whole movie that's just like bringing it down. They had a little bit of momentum. I'm trying to like, do you remember what I'm talking about? Because I don't. <laughs> I'm totally blanking on it. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about, I remember I said something in the movie. I remember, like, I vaguely remember like what you're talking about but i can't fully remember it um yeah it doesn't matter if it comes yeah. to me it comes to me like, see ash, they're they're right there is an ash example Kutcher, of how what yeah it was ash Kutcher saying something like it, he was saying something that like seemed good and then and then they like turned into a do a joke at the very end well they yeah and they turned it into like they, they or or they lot tried lot. making it a, like a super tender moment, and they over they oversold it. And she was yeah. just like, "Oh, it was she." She fucking said, um, uh, "It was something like I believe in you, Jack, or you matter to me, Jack, or oh, oh, I bet on you. I bet on you. God damn it! Like, okay, that's so like just isolate that for a moment." That is so fucking bad. I don't know if I've gotten cynical about rom-coms now that we've been doing this for long enough or what, but mm-hmm. I get that it's Vegas theme, you know, and everything, but like, just that's so, I guess, I don't know. I guess that is rom-com cheesy. And I don't know why I have such a problem with it, but I do. (laughs) But then we put it into context. He had just gotten done opening up a little bit for what, what little depth to character and dialogue we see in this movie, little flashes of it. He opens up and says something about not betting on himself, never taking the risk because he assumed that he would fail, you know, shit like that. And it's like, Hey, right there, that's something. That's real. People go through that. That's called, like, growing up. We all go through shit like that. I think. I'm still going yeah. through shit like that, you know? Like, yeah, I get yeah. that. That's some, Yeah, that's real shit. So we've got a spark of something, and then we go and ruin it with, 
Well, I'd bet on you, Jack. <laughs> like, dear God, my 18-year-old fucking self would have said shit like that. Like, that's that's 18-year-old rom-com, Max, okay? Yeah. What the fuck are we still saying that for? I don't I don't know. Am am I being cynical or is that is that romantic? That I guess that is kind of romantic, but it didn't seem that way. I maybe it was because of the two leads that fucking threw me off. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, what happens after <laughs> after You don't have any thoughts on that? I, I talk about 10 to 15 minutes at the very beginning of this podcast episode about the scriptwriter and all the shitty movies she oh, wrote. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, I just, so I just re-emphasize, yeah. To, you want me to jump on a diatribe about the quality of the script? <laughs> I'm already there, bro. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. I had well, I had to get my I had to get my little my little two cents out. The script here sucked. That's our verdict, basically. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the strip, the script, and the two leads brought it the fuck down big time. The best part of the film were when they had two well-known improv comedic actors improv comedically. Yeah, like that's the best. That's the best part of this because film. because in improv you have to play off each other. You have to have some level of chemistry, even if it's a professional comedic chemistry. It's still a relationship. You're playing off each other. Yes, and because you're relying on yourself, you're like you're no longer relying on artificial. Like every, you're taking away the artificiality of the situation. It's organic because because you have to play off of how what you're really thinking and feeling in that moment. Yeah, and that's what the two leads lacked. They lacked that chemistry. I felt. Yes. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because like I think of the line that Dennis Miller as the judge says when he sentences them to six months of hard marriage. Oh, and one more thing. I now pronounce you male and wife. Bang. Yeah. yeah. It's like that was completely in the first draft of the script and they never took it out. It's like, okay, cool. Dope. Yeah, that does. Wow, that was the first that was the first draft of the script. That was the end of the first act of the film. And so when they were like, okay, give me 30 pages of this on Monday so I know where you're at with this project. And they gave it to her and they were just like, they never ever, at, with all the drafts that they may or may not have made, because this film doesn't feel like it had a lot of drafts, uh, but <laughs> they never took that that line or that scene sequence out of the script. Ever. So that's what it felt like. And that's that's the writing in this film. All right, all right. Are yeah. you glad? Are yeah. you happy now that you got my thoughts I on this writing? I appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> what happens after ever after? I actually kind of have high hopes for their relationship, even though I think the leads suck. Because yeah, like, it, it did get better. I mean, over the course I mean, of because like the little that they give us, you can't really argue against it. Yeah. That they they do they do inspire something out of them as singular people to improve their own lives. They, they that was grow. One thing I, that, that's one thing I will give this script is that it's they like the relationship that they embark on helps the people as singular people focus on themselves better and work on themselves better and not necessarily like a, you fixed me or I fixed you. It's like you inspired me to fix myself. Yeah. Except then they kind of go full fucking uh, Stockholm syndrome about it at the end when they're like, let's get remarried. It's it's like, okay, you guys just started finding yourselves. That's a great feeling. Run with that for a while. Go out on a fucking date. Like, I mean, acknowledge, they did, like, acknowledge they did live the with them together and like embark on weekly marital and like appointments for six whole months. Yeah. But do you really want to jump back into repeating a lot of that? Like, just because you both had a change of heart about the whole situation doesn't mean duplicating that situation is a good idea. 
when you're trying to get back together, it's really hard to be like, hey, I really, you, you help me be my best version of myself and this or that and everything. But you know how, like, we were married these past six months? Might if we just, like, go back to, like, dating real quick? Yeah, but you were married under, like, forced circumstances. But it's still a very awkward way of saying, I'm in this for the long haul. But, hey, can we call it dating? See, but that's either way, that's where you're, inter- you're trying to enter a monogamous relationship. Once yes, again with yes, the person. yes, yes. So regardless of whether you have a piece of paper saying yes or no, like regardless of how far along in the divorce proceedings that they are, we just have a lawyer saying in a legal proceeding that they're going that she's going to grant a divorce. But we don't necessarily have the legal documents drawn up. We don't necessarily have the signed true, document. True, so they may true, still be married true. at that moment. So it's just like, well, then let's just not draw up those papers and go through the whole filing. If he, okay. Um, okay. Then that's where the rom-com, the rom-com audience. They talked about me. taxes for the the money. That's as far as they're going to get in the legalities of things. All right. As, Which by the way, kudos to the film for actually bringing yeah. taxes on the fucking jackpot as well. That's very nice. No one ever does. Yeah. I didn't fucking know about taxes until I had to know about taxes until they were affecting me. There's still taxes. I don't know. about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they did do the math wrong. Did they? Yeah, they said she had dro- she had uh, drummed up twenty five thousand in uh, credit card fees, and he had spent twenty five thousand on getting his furniture business going. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of the one point four five k, they were going to split. But I think the math is. It's 1.495. What he said after taxes. So no, but like instead of 1.45 is 1.495. You, you see, you get me? No. No, I'm too high for that okay. right now. No, oh, no, no, no. They got it right. They got it right. I, 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 had, I didn't. The decimal point. Oh, I'm really high too. <laughs> <laughs> the decimal happened- point. <laughs> That's this is what happens after ever after. Uh, Like they, you know, he they say at the end, and they're like hugging on the beach. They are stupid rich. uh, Yeah, in New York, York, must be fucking nice. And you're making a wood furniture business, and she has no job. Yeah, good luck living off one point four five million for the rest of your fucking life in New York with a wood furniture business. That business, (laughs) that business, even in. Brooklyn, as the hipsters are coming in, like, good luck getting through to yeah. 2020. Even making it to 2020 and then getting through 2020. God damn. Yeah. Best of luck with that business. Well, actually, I don't know. We all needed some fucking furniture in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least he was already wearing a mask because you have to wear a mask when you're woodworking. Anyway. Uh, um, so the kiss of the film. Would you say it's when they have their quote-unquote first dance at the retreat, or would you say it's on the beach? Either uh, way, I don't. Ca- I don't. Yeah, I don't fucking care. They both suck. It. It. it, it they're the kisses were as wooden as the performances. Yes. <laughs> so, See, that's yeah. That's why I didn't like that fucking final beach scene. Like, let's get remarried and kiss and the beach, and it's like, fuck you, just. You know what would have been cuter? Just ask her out on a nice little date, but we've already been there. Anyway. Let's get the verdict. The kiss the kisses sucked. Both of them were D's. Oh, I gave it a C at least. No, they're D's. The the setup was I, was I give I give it a C because at least they're conventionally attractive people. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the best. You know, there's when I was fucking 15 years old, there were some mannequins whose boobs I thought were attractive. <laughs> and uh, doesn't mean I wanted to see him fucking make out. All right. <laughs> I, <laughs> the whole time I was watching this movie, I was singing uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us by Starship. That's, <laughs> the, that's the song for the movie mannequin from the 80s. Uh, that's technically a rom-com we could watch that at no some point. we already did that's what this was <laughs> and we can build this <laughs> anyway oh 
Uh, I made a video where I lip synced to that song on Instagram. Oh, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. No, I recently got like a like a notification like two weeks ago that there was a copyright claim by the Warner Brothers Music Group on the video. What? So now my video has now my personal video on my personal Instagram at Relusa eighty eight for everyone is there's no sound and it's been copyright claimed by a music group. And then it has it only had like fifteen or twenty likes. That's awesome. You're famous. It's just like famous is that's fucking they're censoring the goddamn a post that was seen by maybe fifty people. Maybe they're they're threatened by you, man. Jesus, they're scared of you. They're scared of you. Yeah, that's anyway. pat, pat on the back. Yeah. So now that I sang, you know, two seconds of that song. This episode will probably get copyright claimed as well. Probably. Um, I mean, we've probably broken so many copyright laws <laughs> with name dropping and shit. And <laughs> well, what's your verdict, homie? Um, uh, I it it's a kill. It's a kill. It's still a kill. I, if, I love you, Rob Corddry, and I yeah. love you, Lake Bell. You guys are absolutely hilarious. And Zach Galifianakis. Yes. Um, but it's not I, worth sitting through an hour and 40 minutes. I can't. They, there's not enough of them. Even if, of them. even if there's you like much. Ashton Kutcher like I do. Like, it's it's not. It's There's so many other Ashton Kutcher movies that are so much more, more worthwhile. This one yeah. is just not one of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's indicative of the quality of his performance that his go-to drunk move for comedy was him fake sobbing. Or like fake sobbing. Like he he uh, fake sobbed when he won the jackpot, just like <laughs> like he was. Like, oh yeah. Also, when he got married, yeah, he was fake sobbing because he was drunk and he was so happy. <laughs> In it anyway. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and that disgusted sigh is where we're leaving <laughs> for the movie. It's on our shit list officially as we both killed it. I remember saying that it could be a failure to launch or we both ended up liking the film. I was dead wrong. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it, again, but, it had potential. There's bits and pieces there. It, it had it had Rob Corddry and Lake Bell. That's what it had. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, you can find our socials, our show. Uh, has an Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Um, or uh, you can find our Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, and that's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. Um, and then you can also find uh, my in, uh, Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super, so S U P R Market Sweep. Um, and you can find my Instagram at Relusa88, as I mentioned earlier, R E L U S A 88. <laughs> And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted with a period. That's T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. All right. Um, so it's my choice. I've made the executive decision to not go with the mo- the Freddie Prinze movie. Um, we'll save that for next year. <laughs> uh, All right. What do we got now? We're going with all about Steve. Oh God damn it! I for because I've that is we. It's been a while since we've done a Sandra Bullock film. We've done a lot of Sandra Bullock films. Um, this one might it's been hurt. a while, and uh, this one has <laughs> Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper. This was the first film that came out after the surprise success of the proposal from Ryan Reynolds. Really. Yeah, and I feel like Cassandra Bullock's career was kind of on a decline, and then the proposal brought her back. Like she all of a sudden was like, "Oh yeah, Sandra Bullock, fucking, we love her. Like she's great in films." And like, and then you know, the Blind Side happens, and she wins her Oscar. And like, it was kind of her comeback season from like being forgotten about because she kind of was forgotten about at the end of the two thousands. Well, in that forgotten period, I believe is when she filmed All About Steve with Bradley Cooper. And then the film studio never really knew what the fuck to do with it. And then all of a sudden they had this shitty film <laughs> with two huge stars that blew up from other things. 
And so at the end of, I think it was, I think it came out in August. I, if I want to, I, I think it did. And I think they just like, the film company was just like, oh, here, here's a movie with Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bad. Um, okay. So wow. We're going to watch it. All right. Well, uh, it's Bradley Cooper. It could be good. I mean, Sandra Bullock was um, good. Also, I did not read any of that. I I inferred it. What? (laughs) Everything I just said. (laughs) So it may all be completely incorrect. (laughs) Um, But I I think it's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is the kind of encyclopedia I need in my life. It's like. (laughs) <laughs> here's the answer i think it's right um yeah I, i'm pretty sure like it's like a 70 percent sure yeah i mean yeah i mean it came out in 2009 well okay so yeah um in <laughs> i take dude i take your word for it it was no production began in july of 2007 and then it was scheduled for release of March of 2009, and then it wasn't released. And then randomly, it was released on September 4th of 2009. And that's weird. Yeah, well, that's because, <laughs> like, let me go back to the proposal. Guess when the proposal came out? Uh, March of 2009. June of 2009. June of 2009. So this the proposal, which to remind you, was a forty million dollar budget and made three hundred and seventeen point four million dollars. And then you, the company that made All About Steve, have this festering turd of a movie, but it is Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper. <laughs> and it's like, well, let's put it out in early September. They literally struck while the iron was hot to make as much money as possible off this shitty film. I mean, that makes sense when you've got the ball rolling with the proposal. People are going to be in that mindset of like, yeah, give me more. (laughs) And then you're going to take advantage of them. I. All right. All about Steve. That's what we got. That's what we got. Let's do it. Let's shit all over this. Oh, man. But until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. And we thank you for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Love you guys.